This is the emdocs.net podcast with Britt Long and Manny Singh. We bring you high-yield content about what you're seeing every day in the ED. Today, we're going to focus on something that we see on a regular basis, and that's HIV and AIDS and its myriad complications. HIV is a retrovirus infection that infects T-helper lymphocytes, or CD4 cells. AIDS is HIV with an AIDS-defining illness or a CD4 count less than 200. Now, patients with HIV are living longer and longer due to the amazing advancements in retroviral therapy. However, we're still going to see these patients because not all patients are compliant with their medications, they may not have access, and up to 15% of patients who are infected with HIV are unaware of their diagnosis. Another tricky aspect about HIV is that in the acute retroviral syndrome, this is really nonspecific with a variety of different findings. These symptoms develop two to four weeks after the initial exposure and usually last for less than two weeks. Fever is present in over 90% of patients. Up to 90% will have fatigue. 70% will have sore throat. Rash can occur in anywhere from 40 to 80%. Headache can be present in 30 to 70%. And lymphadenopathy may also be present in 40 to 70%. Again, very nonspecific symptoms, which is why this disease is often missed. Thus, if you have a patient who presents with these symptoms, HIV should be on your radar. For testing, the most sensitive immunoassay should be performed, which is typically a combination of an antigen and antibody assay, plus an HIV viral load test. After about 10 to 15 days of infection, the viral RNA levels will typically be high, greater than 100,000, and the CD4 count may also drop very briefly early on in the course of the disease. An antigen assay usually becomes positive after two weeks. P24 antigen assays have been greatly improved and rise with viral loads, and they correspond to about 30 to 50,000 RNA levels. The sensitivity is anywhere from 90 to 100%, but the best aspect of this assay is it increases around five days after the initial infection. Other labs early on in the course of the disease aren't super helpful. Patients may have a mild elevation in their liver enzymes, some mild anemia, and thrombocytopenia, but again, these aren't diagnostic. If you have a patient with a negative HIV screening test and a negative viral load, you can essentially rule out HIV, but you need to perform other testing for sexually transmitted infections. If there's still a strong suspicion of infection, advise the patient to obtain repeat testing in one to two weeks. With that in mind, let's get to our opportunistic infections. In general, CD4 levels less than 500, less than 200, and less than 50 correspond with mild, moderate, and severe immune impairment. Many of the infections that can present in these patients really depend on the patient's specific CD4 count. For patients with CD4 counts over 500, most infections will be similar to non-immunocompromised patients, but you still need to consider acute retroviral therapy side effects. For patients with CD4 counts between 200 and 500, you need to think about Kaposi sarcoma, Canada, and bacterial respiratory infections. Once the CD4 count drops below 200, then we have more significant issues with opportunistic infections. The big one is pneumocystis pneumonia, but others include tuberculosis, cytomegalovirus, endocarditis, lymphoma, histoplasmosis, and cryptococcus, as well as PML. Once you drop below 100, then you need to consider things like cryptococcus, cryptosporidium, 
and toxoplasmosis. And then once those CD4 counts drop below 50, this is the final stage. Patients may present with CMV retinitis and mycobacterium avium complex. The unfortunate thing about CD4 counts is that we almost never have a real-time count available. So how can we estimate a CD4 count? Thankfully, MDCalc comes to the rescue. All you have to search for is an absolute lymphocyte count. This takes into account lymphocytes and the white blood cell count. If you have a level less than 1,000 on the absolute lymphocyte count, this predicts a CD4 count of less than 200, and thus the patient is at severe risk for opportunistic infection. If you have an absolute lymphocyte count greater than 2,000, this means the CD4 count is probably greater than 200. This brings us to our next question. What sources should we consider in the patient with HIV or AIDS and fever? Well, the first thing to do is to do your normal examination for fever. I like to use something called the Lucas mnemonic. This takes into account lungs, urine, CNS, cardiac, abdomen, arthritis, spine, skin and soft tissue infection, as well as bacteremia. In the HIV population, pulmonary disease is the leading cause of morbidity and mortality. Common things being common, the most common infections are the same ones that people with normal immune systems get, such as pneumonia, bronchitis, or an upper respiratory infection. Once that CD4 count drops below 500, patients are at much higher risk for common infections, as well as opportunistic infections. Of these, the most common is pneumocystis pneumonia. Patients typically present with an indolent course over days to weeks with fevers, dry cough, and increasing dyspnea on exertion. You need to think about this disease in a patient who has known or suspected HIV infection. Factors supportive of this disease include a serum LDH two to three times the upper limit of normal, a chest x-ray with bilateral symmetric interstitial infiltrates, or ground glass appearance, especially on the CT scan. Of course, this sounds very similar to COVID, and it's going to be extremely difficult to differentiate these acutely in the ED. Treatment includes trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, oral versus IV depending on the severity of illness. Patients with a room air oxygen saturation less than 90%, those with room air PA2 less than 70 millimeters of mercury, and finally those with an AA gradient greater than 35 millimeters of mercury should receive steroids. Of note, patients with CD4 counts less than 200 are typically on antimicrobial prophylaxis with Bactrim. Cryptococcus and toxoplasmosis are our next diagnoses. The most common CNS infection in HIV is cryptococcus. This again presents insidiously, usually over weeks, with recurrent headaches and fevers. Later stages, you can have increased ICP, leading to seizures and severe alterations in mental status. The diagnosis is made by CNS cryptococcal antigen testing with culture, which requires a lumbar puncture. The lumbar puncture will also reveal elevated pressures. Treatment is with IV amphotericin B and flucytosine. Toxoplasmosis is a parasite that causes encephalitis with multifocal CNS lesions. This is the most common cause of focal encephalitis in AIDS patients. CT head without contrast will show multiple subcortical lesions. IV contrast can make these lesions appear ring-enhancing. Other issues include Epstein-Barr virus-related lymphoma, tuberculosis, and progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. These former two disorders will cause ring enhancing or mass lesions, 
best visualized by CT with IV contrast. These lesions and masses can obstruct CSF flow and cause hydrocephalus, so the CT needs to be obtained prior to LP in all HIV patients with suspected CNS infection. As an aside, CNS infections typically present in the later stages of AIDS with a CD4 count less than 100. With proper follow-up, these patients should already be on Bactrim prophylaxis for pneumocystis, which also covers toxoplasmosis. Let's get to our abdominal complications. There are multiple causes of abdominal symptoms, including vomiting diarrhea, like Salmonella, Shigella, Campylobacter, Yersinia, and Clostridium difficile. These are the most common causes of febrile diarrheal illness in HIV. Because of the immune suppression, the body is also susceptible to more exotic organisms like Cryptosporidium and Isospora. Fluid losses from Cryptosporidium-induced diarrhea can cause fulminant dehydration and even death. In the severely immunocompromised patients with CD4 counts less than 50, CMV can also cause severe enteritis. Mycobacterium tuberculosis can also result in severe diarrhea, especially in high-risk individuals and those from developing countries. Diagnosis primarily relies on stool studies for ova and parasites, specific toxin assays, culture, and AFB staining. Treatment is typically supportive. Remember that oral thrush and esophagitis can be the presenting symptom of HIV infection as well. This is most commonly caused by candidiasis, but it can also be related to a viral etiology like HSV, EBV, or CMV. Let's end with immune reconstitution inflammatory syndrome. This is a phenomenon being encountered more frequently as acute retroviral therapy improves. As the patient's CD4 counts rise, the body's immune system, which was previously suppressed, now has a vigorous response to latent infections such as TB, Mycobacterium avium, and CMV retinitis or a previously unidentified opportunistic infection is unmasked by the body's new ability to fight infection. The result is a systemic inflammatory response consistent with what would be expected for fulminant disease in an untreated patient. This can occur at any CD4 count, usually within 48 weeks after initiation of antiretroviral therapy. Patients usually have low CD4 counts and high viral loads at the time of treatment initiation. For patients with the mild syndrome, patients should receive standard therapy for the offending opportunistic infection, but otherwise treatment is primarily supportive care with NSAIDs for some mild symptoms and even inhaled steroids for those pulmonary symptoms. Patients with the mild syndrome should continue antiretroviral therapy. For patients with severe syndrome, this is defined as a threat to any functional status or permanent disability. These patients should receive prednisone 1 and 2 milligrams per kilogram, along with in-hospital admission. Finally, their acute retroviral therapy medications are typically discontinued during the severe syndrome. Thanks for joining us on the emdocs.net podcast. We appreciate any feedback. Stay safe and healthy, everyone.